0: made me first suspect, Joe, was that he knew more than any innocent person should have known. I suspected Irene the moment I heard the fireman's testimony. I have the unimportant facts. I, I suspected Elaine the, written the written postman. After I suspected. I suspected. I suspected. Suspect, 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 suspect. Listen to radio's newest, most interesting and thrilling program, Suspicion. And now, suspicion. Somewhere in the drama about to be presented is a seemingly unimportant fact. A hidden clue that first casts suspicion on the ultimate culprit. Listen regularly to this thrilling series. Test your powers of observation and deduction and find the hidden clue. It may be a single line, a sound, perhaps a complete scene. All names and characters depicted in this story are fictitious. Any resemblance to persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. In the story we presented last time... Death at the Throttle. Do you recall these facts? There were three people on the Nighthawk who had possible reason to kill Albert Morgan. But when Richard Corson was questioned by railroad conductor Hawley, he stated that instead of intending to murder Morgan, he had planned suicide. And when Corson showed his suicide letter to Hawley... You wrote it on the train, Mr. Corson? Yes. Yes. Between half past nine and ten o'clock? <laughs> no, I'm afraid I can't use the letter as an alibi, Holly. The handwriting is not at all shaky. The handwriting is not at all shaky, ladies and gentlemen, was the hidden clue. Had Richard Corson written the letter while on the train, his writing would have been a little shaky due to the vibration of the train. Now we present The Passing of Red McCall. Shortly before noon on the 15th of March, Tim O'Leary and his daughter Colleen enter the office of the Far North Trading Post at Blair's Crossing, a small village in the Yukon Territory. You sent for us, did you, Red? Yeah. There's something I want to talk over with you, Tim. Good morning, Miss Colleen. Good morning. Just uh, sit down and make yourself at home. Yeah. Have a cigar, Tim. Very, well, thank you. And what might you be wanting to jaw about, Red? Oh, nothing very important. I simply want you to do a favor for me. Why, Chris, please, I'd be to help you. Thanks, old man. You remember Joe Baldston, don't you? I sure do. The holding his trial at Kentsville the day after tomorrow. I'd like you to go there with me. Well, sure, I'm thinking it's a simple favor you're after asking, Red. Well, uh, that isn't exactly all, Tim. Huh? Tim, I want you to a testify that you saw Joe Baldston break into my store. Oh, but you didn't see anything of the kind, Dad. Now, see here. You do, but you is not... right, Red? Sure, I did see someone break in here, but I was in no fit condition to be recognizing anyone. But you know it was Joe, don't you? Well, maybe it was, and then again, maybe it wasn't. But if you must know the truth, Red, it looked to me as if two men were breaking into two stores. I had a bit of a celebration that night, as you may recall. I see. And you refused to testify as I want you to. Sure, and you weren't really thinking I'd be perjuring myself. Come along, Carlene <clears throat> Tim you don't do as I've... You may be a big man here in Blazer's Cross and Red Macaw, but you ain't big enough to buy me. Just a moment, Tim. Remember that I own this town. Lock, stock, and barrel. I can make things tough for you. Plenty tough. The devil, you say. And to show you that i mean business, try this. Oh, Dad, you shouldn't have hit him. Well, maybe I shouldn't have, Carleen. But the devil just got behind me right arm and pushed. Come on, it, push. Me. Let's be going. Come on, it, push. Me. Colleen! Colleen, Tad! Is my supper ready? Hurry up, Dad. What's the news? Oh, it'll keep until I put the dog to away. Oh, tell me now, Dad, please. was oh, he? Sure is good news, Colleen. After listening to what Red McCaw had to say, the judge dismissed Joe Boston. Oh, really? Oh, what else could he have done? It was only Red McCaw's word against George. and what I had to say. Oh. Dad, you promised me you'd stay away from the trial. Be and I did promise you that, Colleen. But but when I thought that Joe Bolston and that he might go to jail for a crime he didn't commit, I I just couldn't help myself, child. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dad, you're a liar through and through, and I love you for it. <laughs> do you know? What do we do about Red McCall? We owe him a lot of money. Oh, there's nothing to be worrying about. I stopped in and saw Mr. Blaine. You remember him? Yes. And he said he'd fix it up for it. Oh. So let's go in and eat supper now, Colleen. There's nothing to worry about. And how did Joe take it, Dad? That's the one thing I didn't like, Colleen. He's not the same man. Oh. Being dismissed for lack of evidence is bad. There's some folks who will say he's guilty. That's a sad day, Colleen. When a dirty crook like Red McCaw becomes a powerful man, it will be best for Joe to leave this part of the Yukon. Well, but if he does that, everyone will think he's guilty. Aye, uh, that's true enough, Colleen, but... Well, if there's no way you can... <laughs> Why do you knock at Tim O'Leary's door? Come in and welcome Hello! Red McCaw. Get out of me home before be I... Dad, No. Keep your seat, Tim. I have a note for you. I, Tim O'Leary, do owe Walter McCaw the sum of 1000 dollars for articles and foods purchased from the Far North Trading Post. I promise to pay the above sum to the said Walter McCaw on or before January fifteenth. Well, it's sixty-two days late. Can you pay it? Sure, and you know he can't tell me further, so. I don't know anything of the kind, Larry. But unless you pay that bill by noon tomorrow, I'll foreclose. And will you know, Mr. Blaine will see you. He's and already he... tried to fix this note up for him. Huh? Yes. Saw him a couple of hours ago. And it's no dice. You might like to know, but he owes me several thousands. Remember, noon tomorrow or else. Good night. Good, dirty, good Oh. I'll take care of him. Dad, where are you going? That macaw's going to foreclose on me, is he? I've got a little plan that'll ruin him for a fair. Don't wait up for me, Colleen. What's the matter? Ed Welch, uh, open up. Red McGaw's just been murdered. Uh, Red McCaw, eh? Well, uh, tell me about it while I'm getting dressed. When did it happen? A couple of hours after he got back from seeing Tim O'Leary. 11 o'clock, according to Red's watch. Go on. Well, Corporal, me and Red was in his cabin playing checkers. We heard footsteps outside, then a revolver was poked in through the window. Two shots was fired. Yeah? The first one hit Red in the stomach, the second got him plumb between the eyes. 11 o'clock, eh? Took you a long time to get here, eh? Yeah, but I, I didn't leave right away. I went outside and followed the killer's tracks. Where'd they lead? Once around the cabin, then to the mail trail and to Blair's Crossing. Did you tell anyone what happened? Nope. Not a word, Corporal. Good. That gives me something to work on. Let's get going. And when we reach Blair's Crossing, see that you keep your mouth... I want to have a look inside first, then we'll go to the village. Right though Corporal. Uh, here's the key. I locked the door when I left. Good. Open up. All right. Where's the lamp? I'll light it. And you want me to wait outside? No, uh, just uh, don't touch anything yet. Uh-huh. The shots came through that window, eh? Yeah, that's right. I see. I'll well, have a look at the glass for fingerprints. Although the killer probably wore gloves. I, I didn't notice. It happened so fast, Corporal. He fell against the checkerboard, eh? Yeah, yeah. And then he slipped down to the floor. Mm-hmm. How far away is uh, Tim O'Leary's cabin? Oh, well, a couple of miles down the trail. It's close on to eight miles out of town. You see. And Joe bolston's Well, his place is three miles the other side of town. But I don't know whether he came back after the trial this morning. When I saw him headed this way, I think there are most two most likely suspects, Ed. I'll bring Tim O'Leary here. You get hold of Joe. Oh, where have you been all evening, Dad? Yeah, bad sense to the whole plaguey lot of them, Colleen. My plan was the easiest thing on earth. And if Scotty and Mulligan and McPherson and the others had an ounce of spunk, we'd have beaten Red McCart. Oh, now don't take on so, Dad. What if he does foreclose? He can't take everything we have. We can go to another part of the Yukon. Yeah, sure, and you're right, George. But I was meaning for us to go outside this year to Vancouver, Seattle, maybe even San Francisco. formation of the Mounted police! Dad, you didn't... Quiet, darling. Remember, I've been here all evening. Easy Dad. Easy, I'm coming. Come on, Larry you corporal, Tim O'Leary's my name, and a fine name it is. You're under arrest on suspicion of murder, O'Leary. And anything you say may be used against you. And would you mind telling me why Fred I... Fred McCall was murdered. Come along. You too, miss. For the 17th time, corporal, I'm telling you, I was in me cabin all evening. Of course he was, corporal Mason. McCall saw you tonight, didn't he? Sure, and I've told you that, too, 17 times. They saw you leave your cabin after him. I suppose the man came to life again just to tell you that, eh? Acting smart isn't going to help you, Larry. Sure, and if anyone was smart, you'd be the last person to see it through, sir. Well, Ed, his cabin was Hmm. empty, corporal. I guess Joe must have cleared out, but he hadn't been gone long. The ashes in his stove were still warm. I see. Well, there are a few things I want you to identify before we set out for him. Why, Certainly. This was his watch, eh? Yeah. Say, the first bullet must have hit it. Obviously. It stopped at 1145. And you identify this as his wallet? Sure. And you should find the promissory note in it. O'Leary's note. I looked for that, Ed, and it's missing. It's missing? What did you do with it, Ed? Huh? Ed, you're the... Put, Put up your hands! Hand. All of you! Quick! Ah. And my hunch was right. You killed Red McCaw. You're pretty smart for a Mountie, but you better keep your hands away from your gun. You too, O'Leary! You come here. Take your hands off me. I Now, get this straight. I'm taking Colleen with me. I'll turn her loose, maybe, when I get 50 miles away. Oh. But if you follow me, I'll... Tim, are you all right? I sure, and the bullet missed me by yards, it did. Corporal, I, I know it ain't nice to kick a man when his back's turned, but you know, the devil just got behind me foot and pushed. The following day, Corporal Mason again entered Tim O'Leary's cabin. After learning that Ed Welch had murdered Red McCaw in a fit of jealousy, Tim asked... So, Corporal, I, I know I shouldn't have lied about being here all evening, but you well, were c- lucky it turned out the way it did, Tim. But I still can't see why Ed Welch made that mistake. I'd have believed his version of Red McCaw's death if it hadn't been for the fact Ladies that... and gentlemen, did you discover the hidden clue that caused Corporal Mason to suspect Ed Welch? Write in and tell us the hidden clue you found. And to check your powers of observation and deduction, listen for the correct hidden clue in this story the next time we present Suspicion.